be okay. Sounds good. Quiet, please. Oh, well, go ahead. And action. And then 80s thing. Mm-hmm. It's actually the title of the song. Really? Should have been 80s thing. Hello, everyone. You can tell Ryan. And welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, is Sean for Burnett. What's up? Hey. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> okay. And we also have Mr. <laughs> Sean O'Brien. And I'm Joey Bonnier. Nailed the post. What's up? What's going uh, on? No, I just realized um, we did like two weeks ago now would have been Ender's Game. Um, yeah. a, a note I should have made. Um, the movie Ender's Game um, has a weird uh, connection to literally literary specifically. Um, the song that you just heard was composed by one Ryan Cashman. He is also the same gentleman that did most of the computer overlays for the movie Ender's Game. Interesting. Yeah, and very it's weird, quite a weird connection. Yeah. That's very cool. Not weird enough to interrupt me during my introduction, but yeah, sure. No, I thought it was weird <laughs> enough. That wasn't my intention. It was just a weird okay. realization. Thanks, I'm Jeff. sorry. How are we doing, boys? Wonderful. Good. My throat's a little scratchy, mm. so I figured we might as well get to it. Mm. Got a little fragged. Welcome to October, though. Yeah. Welcome to October. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Rocktober. October is my favorite fucking month. Why? Shocktober. I love October so much. Shocktober. Shocktober? Oh, that's that fucking beer, isn't yeah. it? Fuck that beer. No, that's Shocktop. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's fucking ending. What about Oktoberfest? I've never been to Oktoberfest, no. Why do you like October? Irish don't need an excuse to drink. Yeah, no, no, no. That's just like... That's true. Because I love the fall. I love the fall. You love the fall? I adore when I love Everyone loves the fall. Look at this guy. I, I don't know. It's my favorite season by yeah, far. I it's like a good just, one. just that that bridge, like trending toward winter. I like cold, like snuggly shit, and I, I like. I, I agree like with you, actually. Pumpkin spice bullshit. I always like October too. I think Are you a chai latte guy? Or no. <laughs> pumpkin spice latte. But I agree. I think it's also because my birthday was in October. I always thought I was a little biased, but I think it's because we come from the same area in the Northeast. That yeah, time dude. of year is really nice temperature-wise. Specific it's, to those places that it, have seasons. Yeah, it smells nice. It looks mm-hmm. nice. It feels nice. It's just a nice little time. Mm-hmm. How is it in Chicago? Is fall like nicer? Yeah. Or is, it so, is it windier? <laughs> As we've said before, the windy city refers to the politicians, is, not are the, the weather. Are the dishes deeper there? <laughs> and probably so. I mean, you know, we whatever. Um, yeah, no, the, uh, yeah, it's probably akin to your famed Eastern Falls. Um, you know, the leaves changing. And Nothing is like an East Coast fall. The fall of the East Coast. Um, <laughs> soon, my children. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have books. Rise. <laughs> I have books. Um, the other fun part about October that I've always loved is I loved Halloween. But mm. I, it occurred to me the so I the fall kind of combined with Halloween was more more specific. And you know, it's getting darker more, and just candles and shit like that. And I like the spookiness. But I guess when I was a kid, I always loved watching movies. Period. And the Halloween was just such a specific thing where you could just watch a bunch of horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember why. For some reason, I always just wanted to watch a bunch of horror movies on Halloween. Right. Mm. Well, okay. To, to I clarify, think we know it's why. not like I didn't know why. It's <laughs> that like, I don't know why I always wanted to do many different it's yeah, December. Yeah. Like Why do I keep watching It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> right, yeah. It's that I wanted to do a marathon, and, and it didn't right. matter what. It was the only time of year that I could think of where I'd want to marathon movies, <laughs> um, and they happened to be horror movies because it was October. But it, So I always had fond memories of that, and I remember one, one year when I was a kid, 
um, like my parents had taken my little sisters out trick or treating and I just stayed home. Like, I don't want to fucking, I was too old to trick or treat. I was in that sort of like in between time. Right um, so I'm like, well, I'll just stay home mm-hmm. and I'll fucking hand out the candy. And what I, and I, what I did, I'm like, well, fuck this. I'm fucking just like, I'm putting the bowl of candy outside and I'm just watching mm-hmm. a, as many horror movies as I can mm. just fucking by myself. Did you leave with a, a note? Dark, with not. Nah, just they know what to do. Yeah. Really? No, sure. like take one, please. They get it. I mean, what are you gonna do? You know what yeah. I mean? No, I did not put a note out there. Did you leave any razor blades in any of the? I did <laughs> not leave any razor blades in the apple. Nah, the note, the note thing just seems stupid. Like, yeah. it, it, did you give out little copies of James Joyce books or something? <laughs> no, I was. I didn't, even, <laughs> I didn't even know what that shit was back then. I was a little punk, but <laughs> here's um, a poem for you kids. <laughs> I've gotten less into horror, but uh, I still love I still love myself a little scary story. So mm. I got us I got us some horror books. Uh, goosebumps. Uh, and me, oh, are you afraid of the dark? Or else <laughs> well, you know what? This whole month we're gonna do horror books. We're gonna do horror this entire month. I'm a crazy person. But the ones that I have, Apocalypse nice little now? reference by yeah. the way. Yeah, Hearts of Darkness. Oh, look this fucking yeah, guy. why didn't we get that? Did we bring that? Well, we have all October, Jeez. and it's not really a horror. But I'd prefer yeah. if you call it Rocktober. It's just so the horror. Okay. Shocktober. Cocktober. I have <laughs> Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Another. Still. Yeah, I brought it back. I brought it back. It, it, it occurred to me. It's a, it is sort of hor- horrifying. The story of mm-hmm. one man's um, life between the borders of Silver Lake <laughs> and Los Feliz. <laughs> <laughs> I have Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Um, there might be like I figured the Hound of Baskervilles might be in here, mm. um, possibly, maybe, but we'll see. It's right not on. my book. This is Sean Foss. Sir Arthur. Um, so it might be garbage, but we'll see. You're ruining my reputation. Um, I also have uh, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, mm. mm-hmm. Dracula by Bram Stoker, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I got Poe. Mm. Throwback to our second episode, Macabre Tales and Poems. Mm. I have House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielewski. Which I fucking adore. I don't even know mm. about that. And Stephen King's It, mm. which I also fucking adore. Um, <laughs> so, anything popping out at you guys? Actually, I'm gonna veto Sherlock Holmes. Right on. That doesn't exist. Not okay. scary. I enough. never said that. Right on. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, so what do you guys see? There is a theme this time, finally. Yeah. Thank you. Sean, I'm, I'm leaning towards it. Hmm. Joey, where are you at? Wait, what's this one? I'm sorry. What is that one in the middle? That Yuri's oh. jump. Ooh, Yuri just hold on. Let's let Yuri decide. Okay. Yeah, Yuri, so we have, Yuri just Yuri jumped up on. The cat just jumped, on, he, the jumped up on. He's about to pick. He's looking towards. He looks like he just chose Hyperion. That's just because mm-hmm. it's the, it's the yeah. only room in there. All right, so Everybody, we should let him right, let him be, pick. I don't, I don't know how good he's kind of got his be. head yeah. tilted towards. He's just the, sort of like doing his face yeah, no, right he's now. He's just kind of hanging out. Yuri's up there. Oh, Yuri, pick one. God damn it. He's looking. He's staring. He's staring to the right. He's looking at Dragon Strikeable. The book with three books in it. That'll help. He's now observing Marthy's Angelus Key's House of Leaves. He's looking for a long time. Actually, he's looking at House of Leaves. He's saying it looks really long. He's jump at House of Leaves. It's really big. It's the biggest one. He's over to. He's kind of poeing. He's poeing. Cocktails and poems. Look at this. Come and on. then now finally wink, go to it. it. Oh, his oh, eye went to it. His eye went to it. Yeah, he's, Stephen King's it. I think he's going to We need you to make a decision. I was looking at me because I moved. He's <laughs> staring at me like, what the fuck are you looking at with his beautiful know. green eyes? He's not good on the mic. He's back yeah. almost to it. And now he's looking back again to I don't think, uh, Sean. Pretty sure he's done. I think we should put some food on one of these. <laughs> I think that's cheating. Yeah, whatever. I think we've gone too far now. We have to know. Yuri, you don't understand. He's about to jump. No. Nope. He's looking. He's, he's about just, to sit more comfortably. He's just sitting more comfortably. Okay, Yuri, I need you to figure this out. I'm going to I'm gonna turn the table a little bit. 
just so he comes up. I'll turn the chair. I'll move the mm. chair up. He's moving the chair a little bit closer to the table. And see so if he goes up. Can more now I'm moving it away. Closer to jump. And he's just going to about to get fucked off. Then here, yeah. you know what? I'll do this. I'll move the books back so Yuri he's can actually place jump the up. Jump. That's a good idea. And then we'll see where his nose goes. <laughs> so I'm moving the books back now. Yuri, go ahead. Come on. Come here. Come here. Come here. Just come over here somewhere. Ah. He's right, looking intently at Sean. <laughs> come on, buddy. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. This is great pod. I'm going to pick House of Leaves by Mark Z. Daniel. Right on. <laughs> Good. This is not interesting was, enough. To be fair, Yuri was looking at it the longest. Yeah, you're right. He was you're longingly. Right. Um, I'll bring those back. Don't worry. I fucking love this book. This is a scary book? I love this book. This is a scary book? Yes. Hmm. Yes. It is fantastic. I, this, I got, um, so... I'm not really sure how I got into this author. I'm pretty sure I saw his most recent book, which was called The Familiar, fittingly enough. It's a 27-volume book. He's going to come out with one every six months. Jesus. Um, and he wrote the first one. They're all very big and very long. I'll actually bring them next time. Um, and the it's all about a little girl who finds a cat. Hmm. 27 fucking monster books long that are each one of them, I think, is like 800 pages. Um, but they are kind of art pieces. Now, every single one of his books has that style to it where it, it is um not just a book it, it, you you read it in a very specific way so flipping through house of leaves um you can just even see it i'll flip through and you can kind of describe a little bit of it there are you know there's pages upon pages that's with weird. nothing in it oh wow um and then there's little sections where you can sort of read through the book see this that's red see this see, blue, you tell this this blue sorry this, yeah, there's, there's like little blue boxes, blue boxes around random that you actually of... you read this direction and if you can see it's the opposite that's of so it. interesting you sort of read into the book and then you have to flip back and then there's you know a bunch of notes in the back that sort of explain everything. Not explain um, everything, but it is a whole kind of section of letters. This is very Talmudic. I don't know if anyone's obviously never read the mm, Talmud. Talmud. Really? But it's actually very much like the Talmud. That's it's it's yeah. kind of split into two. There's Hebrew right there, which is actually there interesting. Go. Exodus uh, 311. And then, uh, and then there's like little boxes in the middle. It's almost like where they would have the commentary for different uh, yeah, It rabbis. is fucking fantastic. The whole box system seemed more like uh, newspaper-y to me. Yeah, uh, it it can, very... yeah, a little bit. A little mm. bit. Um, so here is... The way to read the book, okay, I'll give you the breakdown of the story. Um, right to left, up to The book to down. in the end is- Left to right, up to down. <laughs> all of the above, actually. Mm. All of the above. God damn it. It's a labyrinth. Mm. It's a labyrinth. The, the core of books this story- Books on books? It, no, it's its own book yeah. on its own book yeah. on its own book, believe it or not. Jesus. Um, the core of this story is about- no one over here. The core <laughs> of the story <laughs> is about- Hey, Sean, what's the core of the story about? Would you get to the core of the story, please? Uh, What's the core? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's about a family who uh, moves into a house. And they What's discover about a that They discover that the inside of the house I'll hit him. is bigger than the outside of the house by a oh. quarter of an inch. Oh. And that quarter of an inch grows and grows both in size and in in theme. Like the TARDIS. Until it starts to, yes, it's TARDIS technology in a weird way. <laughs> grows in theme and in uh, in actual size until it kind of unfolds. The, or, you know, it tears the family apart. But the way that this story is told is actually through a documentary film that's put together by the owner of the house um, who who used to be just a photographer and he, he took on this kind of cinematographic project in order to document what was happening with this house, that it's a quarter of an inch too big on the inside. That entire story 
about the cinematographer who, or, you know, about the photographer who made this documentary mm -hmm. was all written in a manuscript by a guy named Zampano, who okay. was just this old man who wrote a manuscript about it. So it's not an actual real movie or house. It's just within the manuscript. That manuscript was discovered by his neighbor, Johnny Truant, who is, you know, throughout a year, a year and a half, two years, is sifting through these fucking, you know, pages and notes and this insanity because this story completely consumes him. Mm -hmm. And so he delves into this story in order to edit that manuscript into a book. And he keeps his own notes while, while you know, sifting through this manuscript. Um, and that is what you're holding in your hands. Gotcha. Is House of Leaves. What year? Uh, I think it was 2000. Oh, right on. The year 2000. Damn, that's really goddamn meta. Yeah. It says me it's meta Oof. upon meta upon meta. That's like yep. three or four or five levels. Yeah, it's several. Yeah, it's several. Some, some Nolan shit there. And yeah. as it says, it's, you know, Marcus Zanulewski's House of Leaves by Zampano with introduction and notes by Johnny Truant. Who is a character Second in the edition, book. Pantheon Books, New York. <laughs> Contents, and we have forward... Introduction. Who's the guy that actually wrote this thing? Mark Z. Daniel. Okay. But it doesn't list him in the after this title and then the cover. It's all pretend. No, if you look at the main title, you know, House of Leaves is on the very first page. And the Mark Z. Danielewski's House doesn't. of Leaves by Zampano with introduction but notes by Johnny Sherwin. So it doesn't picture. actually yeah. list him as the author after. It's obvious that it is. It's of course. It's just a question of who's the, who is the author of this book. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. the character is the author of the book. I see. But the, the guy who created this whole thing is right on the top. So he's yeah, it's, already getting meta before you get is to Is this fucking, autobiographical in any way? Is this autobiographical? All yeah. writing is uh, autobiographical. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, but it's in many different ways. I mean, yes and no. I mean, Johnny Truman is sort of you know, it, you know, probably emblematic of who he was and his mindset while he was crafting it and while he was writing it. Okay. Um, but in the same way that it is for any writer, I don't think it's that autobiographical. Okay. I mean, the guy didn't find a manuscript and then like craft it, but in a weird way, every single but thing you read is something that you unearth and you try to like, discover. This uh, isn't like, I didn't mean, I guess I meant, um, oh. no, no, I didn't mean it like that too. But is, is Johnny Truant like a pseudonym that he uses a lot in other books? Kind of like a, no. like what a, uh, not at all. shit with Vonnegut does. No. Like mm -hmm. Vonnegut has his own Just, like, no. surrogate. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like some do. authors do have that surrogate. Well, but no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know what you're saying. The answer's no. Across the board. Um, but, uh, but I mean, to, to expound on that, it, you know, yes, every single Every character is in some way a part of every author. Yeah. Okay. Every character across every book. So, but no, he's not like, he's not like Stephen Dedalus is to James Joyce. I'll put it that way. Johnny Truant is just Johnny Truant. Oh, I thought Joyce was uh, the other dude. Who? Leopold Bloom? No. Yeah. No? No. Okay. He's Leopold Stotch. <laughs> Everyone knows it's butters. Well, that's me. So the foreword says... The first edition of House of Leaves was privately distributed and did not contain Chapter 21, Appendix 2, Appendix 3, or the Index. Every effort has been made to provide appropriate translations and accurately credit all sources. If we have failed in this endeavor, we apologize in advance and will gladly correct in subsequent printings all errors or omissions brought to our attention. The editors. And that's all lies. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's... <laughs> this book... There is no itself, truth in here, right? This well, is all fiction, right? It's not like based on a true story of a true story of a telling of a story of no, a guy with a thing. No, it's all fiction. Okay. Everything I always read is always fiction. Sorry. <laughs> not everything. Well, no, I know. I know. I'm kidding. I know. I know. We, no, no, we, no. we also read the Declaration of Independence. We <laughs> you understand what I'm saying. No. no. It's like everything is both true and not true when it comes to fiction. So it's, I, have no, I, I don't have a good answer to your question every time you ask that. 
but you should definitely keep asking it because it's important. <laughs> when you look it up in the library, is it filed under the numbers or the letters? The letters. Thank you. <laughs> That's yeah. what I mean by that question. I know. God. It is fiction. It <laughs> right is on. fiction. 100% fiction. Um, the, Don't you know that Dewey Decimal as System? Ad, as advice to anyone attempting to jump into this book, um, at its core, it's a maze. Uh, but Balls. do you guys know that the, there is an there is one way to get out of a maze? It is a labyrinth. Essentially, there is one way to get out of a maze. Balls. Uh, do you know how? Touch a port key. You touch a port key? No. You don't go <laughs> in. The Harry Potter reference. Uh, oh, sorry. You're right. Uh, yeah. We'll or, bring that in at some point. Let's see what other way. If you're lost, if you're ever lost in a maze, There's how do you get out? There's some mathematical thing uh, about using the, your left the hand, but. Um, you kill the Minotaur? Is, I feel like this is more of a riddle than an actual... Uh, it's not a riddle. It's the truth. It is math, right. and you're on the right track. You retrace mm -hmm. your steps. You always turn right. You jump up and down. You call for help. You <laughs> you throw a flare up in the sky. You, you use put a jetpack. Jet, you put, jet pack. You put jet your pack hand the on the answer. wall, and you never release your hand from the wall. At some point, you will exit the maze. Oh. You just keep your hand on the wall. That's oh, so it. if you get to a point where there is no wall, then you go back? Exactly. Well, mm -hmm. no, no, no. You don't go back. Oh, because you, you just never will keep reach going a point outside. where you'll, yeah. you'll just con you just continue That's your true. hand along the wall, and you will exit the maze. It at may some take point. forever and not be efficient, but you'll find it. Exactly, and that's the best way advice I can give you to reading this book. You just keep your hand where it's taking you. It's gonna fucking take you in. It's gonna take you out, backwards, forwards. It's gonna re reference you all the way to the back, and then it's gonna pull you all the way back to the front. Right just on. read it. The direction that it tells, there'll be a note that sends you 600 pages in the future. Don't there'll listen be a to spot that note. Where you just go forward, 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 forward. Then you have to suddenly zoop back out. You, Wait, it so you choose your own adventure. But Wait, does it say turn to page whatever? I, that's what I'm saying. There are, it's, there's no, that the best, like I said, there's no one answer to that question. Okay. Yes. There, it, there are many times, like I said, it'll send you zooming in where you don't even know where the, why the fuck you're reading through the book, like the boxes I told you, but you have to figure that out. Like it's right, just, but it's, it's not like a choose your own adventure where it literally says no, turn to page 48. Yes, there it, are parts of that too. Oh, but okay. does that's it say, what I'm saying. Yeah. Does it say what order to read the boxes in? Well, the boxes or like if you look at that that's page, what i'm saying there's yeah if there's you look no at that, specific order on how to read that page i there's too many there's a like couple columns and boxes specific so example don't... i can't remember exactly how yeah, you yeah. get to bunch that box of, there's a bunch of boxes box, in blue so there's a little note up top so it's on page 119 is where the blue starts and there's a note up here that says 144 so there are going to be notes and then notes on notes each Little time. footnotes. There's yeah. footnotes on footnotes every page. On, there's footnotes and then there's footnotes on footnotes. And sometimes it'll there'll be a footnote that sends you all the way to the back, and then you'll be stuck mm. in the back reading sometimes for you know 50 pages. You'll be and reading should, an entire little section of this. Should you follow that? Oh, like, their it's sending you to like yes, appendices. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. You should follow 100%. Follow the instructions, yeah. follow the instructions of the follow book. The it wall. keeps you going. Yeah, you yep. just keep your fucking hand okay. on the wall. No, I agree, I agree with you about that. That makes sense. Because okay. a lot of people try to just like, okay, well, let me turn straight this. through. Let me skip this. You can do, if you want to skip the notes, you can, but I would definitely recommend against it. it right is, you're not going to get the full experience. Right, you should do what the author intended. Well, to be fair, it's, you know, I'm not sure he fully intended it in that sense. I don't want to speak for... Well, he wrote it in a specific order. That doesn't mean it, that you're not allowed to get lost in it. If you want to skip a note and then you're going to end up getting lost in the maze and then you end up being, you being lost in it, that's okay. Maybe second read, but you don't think after the first read he wants you to skip around? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it, it's, 
I don't want to speak for him. That's, I didn't write the book, but I would say if I'm coming asking, from me, uh, if it, it was strange. if I had written it and and somebody wanted to read it in such a way where they don't go from one footnote that I've said to go to, that's their prerogative. And then they get lost in the maze in that sense. That's fine. That's okay. All roads but, lead to Rome. Well, not all roads. That's a di- no, that, and not at all, actually, because once you're halfway through, if you get lost yeah. in it, it's going to be a different experience than me who just kept my hand well, okay. on the wall. I get, I get what you're saying. That's kind of fine. What happens if this person who, after reading your book incorrectly, goes on? It's to- not incorrect. That's what I'm saying. Okay, hold on. Okay. In the order in that way. you didn't necessarily intend, he might go on Amazon and say, "This book is <laughs> bullshit. I'm confused. Zero stars." So you're, what? You're cool. Yeah. I'd be pissed. That's art, man. It's not that it's art or that I'd be pissed. It's that, look, I, you know. I'd be like, you idiot. You didn't listen to my music. You'd like, you be like, listen, no, to my, it's you, not. You listen to my record on backwards and give me a bad review. You're an idiot. That kind of thing. <sighs> You're an elitist fuck. This book would have been such a that fucking undertaking saying. to write in the first place that I don't think, I don't think upon completion that if somebody doesn't read it in the way that I've kind of like laid it. It's a fucking maze. You know what I mean? So if you get lost in the maze at some point, which many people do for reasons X, Y, Z, you know, fucking ad infinitum, I can't necessarily help that. You know, I've, I've given, I've but done the best I can to create. to the maze and they refuse to follow your map. I'm not sure no, if it's no, ironic no, 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 or no, no, coincidental, no. but right now you're in Joey's maze. What'd you say? <laughs> I said, I'm not sure if it's ironic or coincidental, but right now you're just lost in Joey's maze. No, I'm not. You didn't create a maze. What's I'm that? Just making a point. No, it's just trying to piss you off. Oh, okay. I'm not pissed off. I know. Also, my, I'm not. My logic isn't being twisting into a maze. It's pretty. That's yeah. a simple question. <laughs> All right, you're such. And I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. I, I it's, it's my advice. It, my point of mentioning it in the first place is that this is not an easy book to read. Yeah, no. You know yeah. I mean? And so it's very and so many people have tried to read it and have failed for any number of reasons. I don't know why. All I know is that I was able to read this book. I mean, keep in mind, I've got fucking, you know, years of experience reading Joyce and Pinch and all this insane yeah, yeah. fucking. If there's anyone who yeah. can like, read this well, it's you. Exactly. I, I was right. gonna say so you might not, like this because this is what your books end up looking like when you're done with no, them. No, certainly, yeah. I mean, I get it. I know yeah. I I'm very it's I, it's I a mean, style you are fluent in. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I get fucking intense with books. And yeah. you know, Johnny Truant literally just goes through this the, no pun intended, goes through this manuscript and you're sort of discovering it along with him and it's tearing him apart as the book that you're reading that he's creating for you is tearing you apart in order right to do it. Um, but but in the end, I you know, it, it sort of is a labyrinth in that sense. Um, very physically, like I said, it, you, you know, you there are, you don't read this book the right way. A lot of times you're going to be flipping it to the side, flipping it upside down. You're reading it, you know, you're lost in just this darkness and and trying to find your way out. And it's not easy to read. Um, and a lot of people do skip parts of this book because they don't think that they're necessary. And the truth is they're not necessary in many ways. There are parts of this that you can skip. <laughs> but none of this, it's necessary. Well, well, I'm, don't go there. My, my <laughs> point is fucking keep your hand on the wall because, right yeah, on. you might get to a dead end and it feels like you've, you know, it feels like it's a pointless step to take. Right. Mm. But... In the end, it'll get you out of the maze. Right on. You know what I mean? Don't just assume, don't, you know, you'll get to a spot and you'll see where your hand will end, will end up. And in many cases, there's no reason to jump and to, to run your hand along this fucking spot where you already know where you're going to end up. Yeah. My advice is just to, just Keep to do it. it. Just yeah. to do it. Keep going forward. Um, so any questions on that? Dig in, bro. 
after the forward, there's That's one page of whiteness, and it says, this is not for you. Mm. Now, the, it's courier font, which is important. The font is, ah. is different as far as who's actually crafting it. So this gotcha. introduction is also in courier font. Is this, it's like a so typewriter font. Yeah. Don't know yeah. Introduction. I still get nightmares. In fact, I get them so often I should be used to them by now. I'm not. No one ever really gets used to nightmares. For a while there, I tried every pill imaginable, anything to curb the fear, the fear. Excedrin PMs, melatonin, L-tryptophan, Valium, Vicodin, quite a few members of, the, of a barbitual family. Pretty extensive list, frequently mixed, often matched with shots of bourbon, a few lung-rasping bong hits, sometimes even the vaporous confidence trip of cocaine. None of it helped. I think it's pretty safe to assume there's no lab sophisticated enough yet to synthesize the kind of chemicals I need. A Nobel Prize to the one who invents that puppy. I'm so tired. Sleep's been stalking me for too long to remember. Inevitable, I suppose. Sadly, though, I'm not looking forward to the prospect. I say sadly because there was a time when I actually enjoyed sleeping. In fact, I slept all the time. That was before my friend Lude woke me up at three in the morning and asked me to come over to his place. Who knows? If I hadn't heard the phone ring, would everything be different now? I think about that a lot. Actually, Lude had told me about the old man a month or so ago before that, month or so before that fateful evening. Is that right? Fate? I'm sure as hell wasn't, it sure as hell wasn't full. Or was it exactly that? I'd been in the throes of looking for an apartment after a little difficulty with a landlord who woke up one morning convinced that he was Charles de Gaulle. I was so stunned by this announcement that before I could think twice, I'd already told him how, my humble, how in my humble estimation, he did not at all resemble an airport, though the thought of a 757 landing on him was not at all disagreeable. What I was the hell is Charles de Gaulle? It's an airport in Paris, well, but it was the president of... He's, he's making a good reference because Charles de Gaulle was basically in... He was kind of like their general, one of the generals in World War II who was kicked out when the Nazis came in. And then he came back and reconquered. So he's like, his landlord is taking back mm. what is his or whatever. So, But then he's also making a comment that he's an airport too. He's just making the he's joke. That, making, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Good catch. Interesting. I was promptly evicted. I could have put up a fight. <clears throat> I could have put up a fight, but the place was a nut house. By the way, uh, every time "house" is written, it's in blue like this. Hmm. As you can see, "house blue." Kind of like those house. Bibles with Jesus in red. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was probably evicted. I could have put up a fight, but the place was a nut house anyway, and I was glad to leave. As it turned out, Chucky DeGaulle burnt the place to the ground a week later. Told the police the 757 had crashed into it. During the following weeks, while I was couching it from Santa Monica to Silver Lake looking for an apartment, <laughs> Lou told me that this old guy lived in this building. He had a first-floor apartment. Callback. Hyperion callback. He had a first-floor apartment peering out over a wide, overgrown courtyard. Supposedly, the old man had told Lou it would be dying soon. he would be dying soon. I didn't think much of it, though. Sorry. I didn't think much of it, though it wasn't exactly the kind of thing you'd forget, either. At the time, I just figured Lou had been putting me on. He likes to exaggerate. I eventually found a studio in Hollywood and settled, in, settled back into my mind-numbing routine of an apprentice at a as an apprentice at a tattoo shop. It was the end of 96. So Nights were cold. Literally literary local edition? Yes. Yeah, this is very, this is a fucking as L.A. as it gets. Although the house is not in L.A. It's uh -huh. just Johnny, Johnny Truant's living in L.A. And Johnny we, Mnemonic. We do deal with his story. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. We do deal with his story a lot. It's um, a mnemonic device. That's how I remember his name. 
Perfect. Don't laugh. Stop <laughs> laughing at him. He'll only continue. At the time, I just figured Luden would be putting me on. He looks suicidal. Sorry. It was the end of 96. Nights were cold. I was getting over this woman named Clara English who had told me she wanted to date someone at the top of the food chain. So I demonstrated my unflagging devotion to her memory by immediately developing, developing a heavy crush on this stripper who had thumper tattooed right beneath her G-string, barely an inch from her shaved pussy, or as she liked to call it, the happiest place on earth. Suffice it to say, Lude and I spent the last hours of the year alone, scouting for new bars, new faces, driving recklessly through the canyons, doing our best to talk the high midnight heavens down with a whole lot of bullshit. We never did. Talk them down, I mean. Then the old man died. From what I can gather now, he was an American. Though, as I would later find out, those who worked with him defected, detected an accent, even if they could never say for certain where it came from. He called himself Zampano. It was the name he put down in his apartment lease and on several other fragments I found. I never came across any sort of ID, whether a passport, a license, or other official document insinuating that, yes, he indeed was an actual and accounted-for person. <laughs> who knows where his name really came from? Maybe it's authentic, maybe made up, maybe borrowed, a nom de plume, or my personal favorite, a nom de guerre. As Lou What's told, the difference? A, a nom de plume is a pen name, a nom de guerre, I think, is like a, a war name, probably. Guerre yeah. is war in French. I don't know. As Lou told it, Sampano had lived in the building for many years, and though he mostly kept to himself, he never failed to appear every morning and evening to walk around the courtyard, a wild place with knee-high weeds and back then populated with over 80 stray cats. Apparently the cats liked the old man a lot, and though he offered no enticements, they would constantly rub up against his legs before darting back to the center of that dusty place. Anyway, Lou had been out very late with some woman he'd met at a salon. It was just after seven when he finally stumbled back into the courtyard, and despite a severe hangover, immediately saw what he was missing. Saw what was missing. Lute frequently came home early and always found the old guy working his way around the, the, the perimeter of those weeds, occasionally resting on a sun-beaten ben sun bench before taking another round. A single mother who got up every morning at six also noted Zampano's accent, absence. She went off to work. Lude went off to bed, and when dusk came, their old neighbor had still not appeared. Both Lude and the single mother were alert, were, were to, went to alert Flays, the resident building manager. Flays is part Hispanic, part Samoan, a bit of a giant, you might say. 6'4", 245 pounds, virtually no body fat. Vandals, junkies, you name it. They get near the building, and Flays will lunge at them like a pit bull raised in a crack house. And is I there a reason I'm getting a film noir private dick feel from your cadence? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, and don't think you believe size and strength are invincible. If the interlopers are carrying, he'll show them his gun collection, and he'll draw them on, too, faster than Billy the Kid. But as soon as Lude voiced his suspicions about the old man, Pitbull... Sorry. Suspicions about the old man. Where the fuck was I? <laughs> but as soon as Lude voiced his suspicions about the old man, Pitbull and Billy the Kid went straight, for the wind, straight, through the, straight out the window. Flay suddenly couldn't find the keys. He started muttering about calling the owner of the building. After 20 minutes, Lude was so fed up with the hemming and hawing, he offered to handle the whole thing himself. Flays immediately found the keys with a big old, with a big grin plopped. Flays immediately found the keys, and with a big grin plopped them into Lude's outstretched hand. Flays told me he'd never seen a dead body before, and there was no question there would be a body. Uh, and that just didn't sit well with Flays. We knew what we'd find, he said. We knew that guy was dead. The police found Zampano just like Lude found him, lying face down on the floor. 
the paramedics said there was nothing unusual, just the way it goes, 80-some years, and the inevitable kerplunk, the system goes down, lights blink out, and there you have it. Another body on the floor surrounded by things that don't mean much to anyone except the, the one who can't take, the can't take the any of them along. Still, this was better than a prostitute the paramedics had seen earlier that day. She had been torn to pieces in a hotel room, parts of her used to paint the walls and ceiling red. Compared to that, this almost seemed pleasant. The whole process took a while, police coming and going, paramedics attending to the body, for one thing, making sure the old man was really dead. Neighbors and eventually even flays poking their heads into gawk, wonder, or just to gaze, the scene might some, some, someday resemble their own end. When it was finally over, it was very late. Lude stood alone in the apartment, the corpse gone, officials gone, even flays. The neighbors and other assorted snoops all gone. Not a soul in sight. Has all of that been in the same font? Yeah. Right it, yeah, the, the, the introduction goes on for a while. Right on. Um, I don't know if we'll get to chapter one before this. We probably won't even finish this. So I didn't I even, can. I didn't realize the cover. Uh, some of the, wait until you started like turning and actually reading it. The, uh-huh. the cover is a labyrinth. Looks uh, like a maze. A conch show. Oh, um, it's, it's both actually. Yeah, it's yeah. a couple different things. Sure. There's a little maze. There's and a little maze what's brackets. That co- what's that called show. when there's the. Um, and a compass in the middle. Ah, uh, what's the, the perfect ratio, the golden oh, ratio? The golden. Oh, uh, uh, phi. That's that's not the golden ratio spiral, actually. though. Well, yes, that's, it is. It phi. is a spiral, but... Phi is the golden ratio. Is it? Oh, no, the Fibonacci sequence. Exactly, that's what yeah. I was thinking. The Fibonacci the, sequence. Right. And there's also, I didn't realize house is in, house of leaves, the house actually is in blue, the yeah. blue font you're talking mm. I didn't realize that yeah. at first. Well, or didn't realize that it had any relevance. Yeah. 80 fucking years old, alone in this piss hole. Lou didn't. Lou had told me later. I don't want to end up like that. No wife, no kids, no nobody at all. Not even a fucking friend. I must have laughed because Lou suddenly turned on me. Hey, Hoss, don't think young and squirting lots of, lots of cum guarantees you shit. Cum spelled C-O-M-E, by the way. Hmm. Look at yourself, working in a tattoo shop, falling for some stupid relevant? thumper. Um, well, it's indicative it, of, of, time. of... No, I think it's indicative of... Perhaps time, but I think possibly Johnny. Johnny Truant's the one writing this, so... Which inception level is he? Top. Okay. Well, top under one Mark, Mark yeah, Z. Yeah, yeah. He is the our, top he most is our, recognized. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Mark Z is one, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then Johnny's two, and then Zampano's three, okay. and then um, Navidson is four. Okay. Um, and he, the, I, I feel like there is something underneath that, too, but... The interviews he does in there. Mm, yes and no. I mean, his wife actually takes some elements of it, but it's you know, it's it's hard to describe. Yeah, yeah. I feel, but I feel like there is. I feel like there is one sub level to that. I, maybe the editors of the film, theoretically can, speaking. Can you take us through one of those jumbled sections? Uh, I can try. Sure. Gonna um, be tough. I mean, I can find something where yeah. it's like, like I said. I mean, that's like jumping into the middle of a maze and seeing where your fucking hand goes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, but I mean, we're, go. Uh, we're not going to navigate this entire maze, so we might as well get a, a flavor for the okay. uh, labyrinth we seek. Well, I feel like there is, you know what? There's a table of contents in the beginning, and I can, if I can remember correctly what it is. We, we you know, the. It might be nice to jump in the middle of the maze and see if we can get along. Yeah, but if I look at the table of contents, there'll be at least something where yeah. I can get yeah, to yeah, the, no, beginning sure. the, the beginning of the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, exhibit so the Navison record is three, and then uh, yeah, page five hundred twenty-nine is <laughs> exhibits one. <laughs> so then, appa- so then the lot, appendix, huh? <laughs> the appendix outlines chapter six. Okay, so I feel like chapter the one of the chapters is entitled the labyrinth, and I can't remember which one that is. Um, 
Look for like David it, Bowie. I feel like it is nine. Yeah. Seven animals. Sarah. I'll find. <laughs> I'll find something. <sighs> I'll find something. I'm sorry. Have you ever been in a maze? Yeah. Like a corn maze? Uh, corn yeah, or yeah. like, you know, they get the, uh, you know, I was, I grew up in the Midwest. So we got them, uh, the Wisconsin Dells up there. And, uh, you know, there's uh, the, the cheese maze. Uh, no, I don't think, well, I'm sure there's a cheese maze somewhere. There's a corn maze. Yeah. The corn maze thing. Uh, but they had like a flag or like it was, you know, a always standing maze sort of thing. But, yeah. It was, uh, I remember being scared of them when I was a kid. Well, it's also The Shining really scares the shit out of people, I think, too. Mm. I'm going to try this. I feel like that's the best maze in many movies. Like, right. The best maze in any movies, I yeah. What is, sorry? The best maze scenes. Is what? The Shining. Oh, it, yeah, for sure. Oh, has a lot to do with Garrett Brown and his study cam work. So I'm going to try. Well done, Garrett. I'm going to try chapter Dude, five. Inventor of the study cam. I'm going to try chapter Rocky? five. Oh, my God. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bad teacher. Chapter five. <laughs> so chapter five starts with a description. It says, uh, Raju welcomed the intrusion, something to relieve the loneliness of the place from R.K. Narayan. So there's in this type of font, which is like vaguely Helvetic, I assume, something like that. Hmm. It is impossible to appreciate the importance of space in the Navison record without first taking into account the significance of echoes. However... Before even beginning a cursory examination of their literal and thematic presence in the film, echoes reverberating within the word itself need to be distinguished. Generally speaking, echo has two co-extensive histories, the mythological one and the scientific one. We then have a note that says 46. So we'll jump down to the bottom note, which, says, which is 46. I'm confused. I'm sorry. Who's talking? Who was this? This is in Zampano's book. Okay. This so is that was Zampano's book. writing. Yeah, this is Zampano. Okay. In the in the manuscript that Johnny Schwinn has done. Right. This is and now this is now the novel, which is the Navison record. And then we're jumping down to oh He has a he so it within the Navison record there is a footnote mm-hmm. that says so it was the footnote forty six. David Eric Katz argues for a third, the epistemological one. Of course, the implication that the current categories of myth and science ignore the reverberation of, of knowledge itself is not true. Katz's treatment of re- re- repetition, however, is still highly rewarding. His list of examples in Table 3 are particularly impressive. See The Third Beside You, an analysis of, an analysis of the epistemological echo by, David, by er- David Eric Katz, Oxford, Oxford University Press, 1982. I don't know whether or not that is a true thing. You can look it up if yeah. you want, but it, there's So it's like else. a novel written like a textbook. Well, yes, if that thing is real. In many cases, that thing is not real. Right, right. That's okay, right. Sure. It's all novel, uh, you know, a sure. novel approach to novels. Nice. It, very much so, too. Okay, so now we jump back to where we were. Each provides a slightly different perspective on the inherent meaning of recurrence, especially when that repetition is imperfect. To illustrate the multiple resonances found in an echo, the Greeks conjured up a story of a beautiful mountain nymph her name was Echo, and she made the mistake of helping Zeus succeed in one of his sexual conquests. Hera found out and punished Echo, making it impossible for her to say anything except the last word spoken to her. Soon after, Echo fell in love with Narcissus, whose obsession with himself caused her to pine away until only her voice remained. Another lesser-known version of this myth has Pan falling in love with Echo. Echo, however, rejects his amorous offers, and Pan, being the god of civility and restraint, tears her to, p- tears her to Pisces. 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 That's funny. Yeah, Pisces. P-I-S-C-E-S. Like Tears her to Pisces. Yeah, Tears her to Pisces, uh, burying all of her except her voice. 
Adonta ta mele. And then there's a little, it uh, looks like a circle with a plus sign in the middle of it. Mm. And if you go down there, it says, Adonta ta, uh, and then there's an ellipsis, da, 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 equals, quote, her singing limbs. And there's another note that says 47. If you jump to 47, it's now in Johnny Truant's handwriting that says, Note that luckily in this chapter, Zampano penciled many of the translations for these Greeks and Latin quotations into the margins. I've gone ahead and turned them into footnotes. Back to the regular <laughs> Navitan record. In both cases, unfulfilling love results in the total negation of Echo's... In both cases, unfulfilled love results in the total negation of Echo's body and the near negation of her voice. Footnote 48. Jump down to 48. says, Ivan Largo Stillitz. Greek mythology again. Boston. BiblioQuest Press, 1995. Pages 345 to 497, as well as Ovid's Metamorphosis, Chapter 3, or, yeah, Book 3, 365 to 410. Back to the regular thing. But Echo is an insurgent. Despite the divine constraints opposed beyond her, opposed, imposed upon her, she still manages to subvert the gods' rulings. After all, her repetitions are far from digital, much closer to analog. Echo colors the words with faint traces of sorrow. The, Mar- the Narcissus myth, or accusation, the Pan myth, never present in the original. As Ovid recognized in his Metamorphosis... Hold on, can I just make a, a really ahead. cool point there? Sure. <laughs> uh, I'll decide if it's cool or not. The Echo, analog versus digital. Do you know what they mean by that? I'm confused. Like, do you guys, I don't know if I got a special reference there, because that's... Do you guys know what I'm talking about? What do you mean? Yeah, the yeah. difference between the two? Go ahead and explain, yeah. Please. Well, the point is that at least I know when you make a, a guitar pedal, like an effects pedal mm-hmm. that has a, an echo or an Everything's effect. Everything's about amps these days. I know. Well, well, the, the specific <laughs> no, effect it. you can put on your, your sound is an echo or what's called a delay. Mm-hmm. And everyone is obsessed with the analog versions of these pedals. For instance, the one that you guys all know is U2's guitar player, The Edge, uses the Memory Man. This this classic pedal that uses an analog circuit that sounds a little bit darker than the digital circuit. And each time the echo happens, it takes a little bit of high-end treble off the signal. So you hear a little bit the same thing, but a little bit darker. Cool. Isn't that so crazy? I thought I heard that was like amazing. It's exactly what he's talking about. (laughs) But the digital delay is used by a lot of like hard rock players who don't give a shit about that vintagey dark sound. Hmm. I don't know. That was cool. We all love the analog delay. The analog (laughs) echo. Uh, So, uh, as Ovid recognized in his metamorphosis, they have colon. Powell? I'm going to apologize for this Latin. Spreta latet silivis pidibundake frondibus ora proteget et solis ex illo vivit in antris cetramen atreet amor crescitque dolore repulsae extunant vigilis corpus miserabre curat ad dissutque Cutimasius in sucus corpris ominis abit vox tantum ante ossa suprento suprisunt vox manet ossa ferunt lapidis traxisse figurum indelet ladet silvis nulco in monte videtur omnibus auditur sonus est qui vivit in ilia. Then there's a little emblem here. Um, I don't know what that... I don't know how to describe that. It looks like a backwards G. So in the backwards G, it says eloquently translated by Horace Gregory as... Do you want to hear what I just fucking read? (laughs) 
So she was turned away to hide her face, her lips, her guilt among the trees, even their leaves to haunt the caves of the forest, to feed her love on melancholy sorrow, which, sleepless, turned her body into a shade, first pale and wrinkled, then a sheet of air, then bones which some say turned to thin, warm rocks. And at last her voice remained, vanished in forest, Far from her usual walks on hills and valleys, she she is heard by all who call her voice and life. End quote. The Metamorphosis by Ovid. New York, a mentor book, 1958, page 97. To repeat, her voice has life. It possesses a quality not present in the original, revealing how a nymph can return a different and more meaningful story in spite of telling the same story. Footnote 49. Literary marvel, Miguel de Cervantes, set down his compelling passage in his Don Quixote, Part 1, Chapter 9. La verdad, si yo madre, en la historia, I'm doing like the Italian accent, en la historia, uh, emula del tiempo del, pos, uh, del posito de las acciones, testigo de lo pasado, uh, ejemplo y aviso de lo presente, advertencia de lo porvenir. Footnote 51. Oh, after, after that, yo, footnote 51, which jumps us down to Johnny, jumps us down to... Advertisement for veneers. Where does footnote 51 take us? Sorry. Oh, 51 is now on the other page. I'm lost right? in the maze. So 51 is here, takes us down here, which mm. says, um, which Anthony Bonner translates as, quote, truth, whose mother is history, who is the rival of time, depository of deeds, witness of the past, example and lesson to the present, and warning to the future. Hyphen Ed. So that's the editors of the book just underneath, just above Johnny Truant. So Johnny mm. Truant published it. So I guess the editors was that little sub-level between Johnny Truant and Mark Zedinolipsky, theoretically speaking. <laughs> but then now we jump back to right after the Spanish, which is still within footnote 49. <laughs> Much later, a yet retired dis, uh, disciple of arms had the rare pleasure of meeting the extraordinary Pierre Menadid in a Paris cafe following the Second World War. Reportedly, Maynard expounded on his distinct distaste for Madeleines, but never mentioned the passage and echo of Don Quixote he had penned before the war, which has sub subsequently earned him a fair amount of literary fame. La verdad, su madre, es la historia amnula del tiempo, depósito um, de las acciones, testigo de lo pasado, ejemplo y aviso de lo presente, uh, advertencia de lo porvenir. So there's a couple little changes here, and there's no end note to that. Uh, it continues to say, this exquisite variation on the passage, on the passage by the, quote, in Ingenious layman, unquote, is far too dense to unpack here. Suffice it to say, Maynard's nuances are so fine they are nearly undetectable. Through talk with the framer, uh, oh, sorry, though talk with the framer, and you will immediately see how haunted they are by sorrow, accusation, and sarcasm. It then jumps to footnote 50, which is now Johnny Truen. Johnny says, exactly. How the fuck do you write about, quote, exquisite variation when both passages are exactly the same? <laughs> I'm sure the late, I'm sure the late hours helped. Add to that the dim lights in my room, or how poorly I've been sleeping, going to sleep and not really resting, if that's possible. But let me tell you, sitting alone, awake to nothing else, but this odd murmuring, like listening to the, um, to the penitent pray, and you know it's a prayer, but you miss the words, or better yet, listening to a bitter curse, realizing a whole lot's, a whole lot wrongs been ushered into the world, but still missing the words. Me like that, listening to my way by comparison, 
listening in my way by comparing in this way both Spanish fragments, both written out on brown leaves of paper. Or no, that's not right. Not brown, more like, I don't know. Yes, brown, but in the failing light appearing almost colored to the memory of a color. Somehow violet or close to that. Somehow violent or close to that or not at all, as I just keep reading both pieces over and over again, trying to detect at least one different accent letter, one different accent or letter wanting to detect or at least one differing accent or letter getting almost desperate in that pursuit only to be repeated only to repeatedly discover almost perfect discover perfect similitude though how can that be right if it were perfect it wouldn't be similar would it would be identical and you know what i've lost this sentence i can't even finish it i don't know how Here's the point. The more, I focused on, the more I focused in on the words, the farther I seemed from my room. No sense were either until all of a sudden along the edges of my tongue toward the back of my mouth, I started to taste something extremely bitter, almost metallic. I began to gag. I didn't gag, but I was certain I would. Then I got a whiff of that same something awful I'd, been det- uh, I'd detected outside of the shop in the hall, faint as hell at first, until I knew I'd smelled it, and then it wasn't faint at all. A whole lot of rot was suddenly packed up around my nose, slowly creeping down my throat, closing it off. I started to throw up, watery chunks of vomit flying everywhere, sluicing me out onto the floor, splashing onto the wall, even onto this, except I only coughed. I didn't cough. I lightly lightly cleared my throat, and then the smell was gone, and so was the taste. I was back in my room again, looking around for the dim light, jittery, disoriented, but hardly fooled. I put the fragments back in the trunk, walked to the perimeter of my room, glass of bourbon, a toke on a blunt. There we go. Bring on the haze. But who am I kidding? I can still see that's happening. My line of defense has not only failed, it failed long ago. Don't ask me to define that line either or why exactly it's needed or even why it stands in defense against. I haven't the foggiest idea. This much, though, I'm sure of. I'm alone in hostile territories with no clue why they're hostile or how to get back to safe heavens, an old haven. I had to get back safe havens, an old haven, a lost haven, the temperature dropping, the hour heaving a pitching toward a profound darkness, while before me, my idiotic, amiurotic guide laughs, actually cackling is more like it, lost in his own litany of inside jokes, completely out of his head, out of focus too, zonules of zin, among other things, having snapped long ago like piano wires, leaving me with absolutely no sound way to determine where the hell I'm going. Zonules of right zin? Though right now I'm going to... God damn it. Though right now going to hell seems like a pretty sound bet. And that would jump us all the way back into the... We're done. We're, we've, that was we've the end of that the, footnote. We've reached the end of that, like, that labyrinth of footnotes, and we'd be back into the Navison record. Back on the top. Wow. Uh, in his own befuddling way, John Hallander gives a world of beautiful and strange recollections of love and longing to read his marvelous di- dialogue of Echo 52. And then, So I'm not going to keep going. But, yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, but just explanations of how to understand. And, yeah, 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 so that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good way what, to... What year again was this? 2000? 2000. Right on. 2000, yeah. It kind of has a ring of, um, uh, not all of it, but the specifically the portion of Fight Club that dealt with the, uh, the Jack writings. The um, I am Jack's uh, foot, I or whatever. Yeah, it was. I mean that's fair. It, sure. It yeah, it just kind of has that um, yeah that tinge of uh, I guess levels within levels of discovery and yeah, it's really good. It's really it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's uh, it's fun to get lost in. I think it's good for people who like to. 
deep dive. Um, I'm yeah. amazed that there's pun intended. Many... Why deep? Amazed. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm amazed that there's this many Balls. people who not only can understand this book but appreciate it and like it. Mm-hmm. Like the level of IQ and just straight minimum intelligence you need to just follow this book is so high. The attention span that you need to yeah, have essentially. The- Probably, just, yeah. Because you need to not only think on, not only just understand the language in one level, but multiple, multiple, multiple levels. Yeah. That requires a lot of attention and and, and being uh, just like, being able to kind of spin multiple plates in your head kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, not only that, you need to have that ability and also like the style and like this mm-hmm. specific genre and like this specific story itself and the characters. So it's like, wow, I can't believe there's like that many people bought this and like this and it's this best-selling. It's great. I think it's so interesting. But In, in this day and age, it's kind of um, all books in general are written for a, or a niche y- audience. Yeah, I mean, it will not only a niche audience, but it is a, a slightly, I guess, more choosy audience or slightly more, uh, if we're going to go intellectual, sure. um, you know, that's... Th- uh, I, I realize that there are, um, you know, still trashy paperbacks and still your Twilights and your uh, Fifty Shades of Grey out there. But I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's there's like a, a threshold, an entering point where, you know, they're just stupid people kind of get weeded out of that in general. I don't think it has anything. It has that much to do with intelligence, though, guys. I really no. Don't. It's, it's dedication, I, it, or it's more exactly uh, yeah, obsession, it's, OCD. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. Yeah. It really is. It's not. You don't have to be smart to read this no. book. You just yeah. have to be willing to read it. Yeah, that's nothing all. was all over your head. Um, it was just. Um, there's a certain basic level of whatever you want to call. It. Maybe you don't want to call it intelligence. I don't. Whatever you want to call. It. Basic level of something. Dedication. To, that's what to, I'm saying. You just have to be willing to read it. If do you know what Echo is? What do you mean? The character. The, the character. character? Book and, yeah, exactly. A little bit. A little bit, right? But you could look it up. And even yeah. still, it does tell you that. It, sh- it it takes you through that element of metamorphosis. And if you don't know what metamorphosis of it is, you can look that up too. Yeah, and yeah, if you don't yeah. know the specific element of the physics that you were talking about, analog versus digital, you can look that up. You know what I mean? It, there's a lot of dedication in order to do it. But in many ways, you know, as you're going through the footnotes, you may have to just pause at a certain point and fucking grab a dictionary, look something up. It, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I mean, if you want to in- get enjoyment out of a book yeah. and you're curious about I something, think, go look it up. I'm just saying I think the average person person who would not want to do that and look up stuff constantly would be turned off and not oh, sure. want to read a book. Oh, absolutely. I can understand yeah. that. That's this fine. Is... But that doesn't that that doesn't mean that they can't. Right. They might not want to, but that doesn't mean they can't. They just, absolutely just can. Because, That's true. I guess just because I was, you're reading Fifty Shades of Grey doesn't mean you can't also enjoy. I know. Uh, I wasn't quite yeah. saying that, I guess. I, I was, but I, I'm more amazed that the audience, the people who could That there's enough of an audience. Book. Yeah, that's all. Um, well, you know, it's so inviting in a way, too, like because it's so different looking. You know what I mean? Just flipping through mm-hmm. it, it's like, well, that's an interesting I agree. way. Yeah. I agree. Book. I kind of want to read it. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I jumped kind of deep into this. And by then, you've, like I said, you know, that whole long pages of an introduction keeps going and there'll be a lot and it it does guide you through it and and you get lost within it but but like i said if your hand is on the wall you won't you won't be discouraged i'm kind of inspired i like this idea i wish there was more i want because i'm obsessed with historical fiction i would like a historical fiction version of this i think it'd be kind of cool if there was like a civil war historian or something and someone was writing a manuscript about the documentary that the civil war historian was doing on like robert e lee or something you know what I mean? I, I, I you love like the, the style. You're just like not interested style. in the exactly. genre. Exactly. I'm not quite interested in the genre. So, or maybe more of a murder mystery type of thing. I don't know. It well, is all of those things, though. Is it? Oh. 
That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, it, there's a I lot. I guess we didn't deep dive enough. Yeah, like Book, I read you. you books know, are longer than the chapters we read. I'm not going. Yeah, there's well, a lot. I guess that's true. Okay. There's a lot more to it. <laughs> Fair it's, enough. It's, you got it. Like I said, man, it's dedication. You got well, then I guess be I, wasn't qu- I wasn't quite insulting this. I was just saying I like this uh, style, uh, not a style. This uh, mechanism of storytelling, and I wish it would be applied to more of my favorite books. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well. Damn, I'm sorry, Shawnee. You're okay. going to end it. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> um, God damn it. What was I going to say? My favorite my favorite line in this, by the way, is um, I wish I could ignore me. By far my favorite line in this book. Thank you for listening to Literally Literary. I wish I could ignore you too. <laughs> <laughs>